Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Uh, we talk comics, movies, TV, and pop culture. Tonight, we're going to review Ant-Man and Wasp with stuntwoman Alicia Davis. She was actually a driver on the show. She survived, and that's a great thing. Uh, she gives us her first-hand account of working on the latest Marvel hit and her near-death experience as a stuntwoman. See, it all kind of ties together. Uh, plus, we welcome Joseph Rybant from Dynamite Entertainment. He's going to give us our San Diego Comic-Con uh, exclusives. And we've got in studio tonight, who's... Barely on camera, but we'll get him on there. Uh, Mr. Steve Hovecki, uh, working currently with Mezgo Toys, but goes way back uh, to Wizard Entertainment. And he was also, and he is also, uh, one of our uh, beloved patrons. So, uh, Steve, welcome, yeah, welcome to the, the boss. Technically, that's, that's what you get. That's what you get. So it works out pretty good. Uh, so, Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah. What, big show. what am I? Oh, yeah. And there's the son. <laughs> and to my left, chopped liver. <laughs> well, again, technically, he's not even really on the camera right now, so we're kind of, you know. All right. Okay, that's how it is. We're, we're just, Fair enough. I mean, he's, you're You know there. you'll pay for it. You're, you're there. there. You got to come closer, buddy. I'm not coming closer. Come on. It's fine. Please, right baby, here. Come on. Let's together. make it hot. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Steve, if you move over, you, we, will, we will totally combine. But, and, and, but he's on wheels. It'll be like, it'll, it'll be. I'm on wheels. It'll be pretty epic, so that's, that's the right. best How's part. It? That's the Is best that part. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Except I moved the camera. But anyway. <laughs> what, do you want me to sit in his lap? Will that be easier? Uh, you know what? If be, it's that kind of show. This is the, this is the uh, you know. top-notch uh, operation that we've come to expect. Well, that's, that's, what I, that's what I try. That's what I try. So, all right. Here's, here's Ant-Man and Wasp, right? Sure. <laughs> I threw this out there on I threw this on Facebook, right? I threw this on Facebook and I just said, Alright, just give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts. I mean, I was kinda shocked at how many people responded back being like and just in general, because you usually don't have that many friends. <laughs> well, I have no friends. I have no <laughs> right, friends. I understand. But this this movie moves the needle, so that's why it's, oh, it's a good okay. thing. All so, 16 movie, friends yeah, responded. So. <laughs> but it was like... 12. Last time I counted, it was 12. Like, loved it. Like, this is great. Exactly what I was okay. expecting. Exactly what I was so looking positive for. positive stuff. Is that because it was positive on the internet? No, I just think, like, in general, like, people were... Um, like taken with it They were enjoying it Like they really genuinely enjoyed it And I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it But the thing that just Makes me like Kind of wonder It's like What about this You know Movie is like So enjoyable Because I watched it And I was like Ah it's good I don't, I don't understand you guys You guys don't get it Did you like the first one? Enjoyed the first one. I like the first one About as much as the second one? No I actually enjoyed it More than the second one Okay And the reason being though Because it was new? Yeah, it, it was a different formula. This one was just kind of like, mm, okay, all right, they're back. Things are shrinking. You don't understand. Okay. MCU is a movie television show. Yes. It's a television series. Yes. So people are just happy that the next episode is out. It's bridging the gap between uh, Avengers 3 and Avengers 4. Yeah. So it's, it, it kills time. Yeah. It was enjoyable. It's almost always a sure thing, the way Marvel is. Yeah. You know? And that, that's a lot A lot of that is uh, pop culture More Yeah pop culture than, than actual execution mm-hmm. But it's, it is what it is And so that's, that's what it is Why are you surprised? I don't know like that. I'm just I, You know Because I mean in terms of a movie Because you didn't like it I didn't love it I didn't hate it I just kind of felt like Why am I even here? Well I mean I'm here because I, I have a podcast And that's why, <laughs> why I'm there but like, here? But I'm kind of like Every Would fan Would you have gone to see it If you weren't going to review it? No you're, well, you're lying. Of course no, you no, because I didn't. Yes, you would have. I wouldn't have. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten to see it. I would have waited for it to come on cable and or. You turn it off. That's good. <laughs> I would have. I mean, I would have been. I would have been. I would have just waited for it. I just. I, I looked at that film and I thought anybody who complained about Solo not being necessary. <laughs> and yet they're the same people being like, oh, yeah, man, a wasp was just so. It was exactly what I was looking for. It was great. I'm like, really? We needed another one? Paul Rudd's. Fun, Evangeline Lilly, even back to her lost days. You know, because because uh, MCU is not a polarized thing, right? So everybody feels free to have an opinion about that without feeling that they're going to be raked through the cro- the coals by their unless you know a bunch fringe of, friends, unless you know a bunch of DC guys, and then they will. No, but rake you know, through the coals because the they're them. just jealous. What are you talking about? Like DC, they don't even make movies. 
Stop it. <laughs> um, they, make, but, they, make, they make Joker origin movies now. They make yes, they do. Nonstop. They do, like, that's a franchise. <laughs> the Joker origin They're movies are They're making like three different Joker movies yep. that don't take place. <laughs> With three different Jokers. With three different Jokers. <laughs> like it's always funny. Like you sit there, uh, I guess comparatively speaking, we just DC, need Marvel just to counteract DCNU the stupidity. DCNU is, is, is in a board meeting and they, just, and they said, let's just keep getting it wrong. <laughs> let's get it wrong as much as humanly possible. Like, Except I'm, I'm having high hopes for uh, for Aquaman, just because Jason Momoa is do a break. He's, I think Aquaman looks really good. It looks yeah. It looks you, good. you didn't uh, you didn't think Braven was his big break? <laughs> Brave? No, I didn't think <laughs> neither that nor the Conan uh, debacle. Unfortunately, Did, I, he was good for the role, but the wow, like you know, script. Throw that out. <laughs> we don't, we, Just, you need we to watch Red that. Road and Frontiers. You want to get your Momoa. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> oh, I'll stick yeah. with Stargate Atlantis. I'll go way, way back. Like like a total geek. But so, anyway, I'm sorry. So let me ask you this. Uh, he's going to ask us questions. Here we go. This, this is, is what this I do. Is where the show gets good. No, okay. yeah, get ready. Get ready. It's going to be fun. I'm ready. Steve, this is what I want to know. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay. I'm still. He asked the the one guy who hasn't seen it. I'm still. I'm still seeing this movie here. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, No. No. And this is. This is just. I'm throw it out there. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did the movie uh, try too hard to be funny? You asking Steve? We didn't see it. I'm asking. I'm asking. Just throwing it out there. I don't think it. I'm going to say no. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to agree with Steve and his his expert opinion on the on the material that he watched or didn't see. It's a. It's supposed to be funny though. It's one of the comedies. Right. No, so, I know, I know. But so I'm you, saying, did it actually try too hard to I be I think funny? maybe one or two of the banter scenes, like, landed a little yeah. flat, but that's about it. Yeah. I, you know, here's the thing. I don't mean to be down on it. I'm not actually down on it, but, um, I, and, I, and I'll reference an article that I found. It, it, it just disappoints me that this is the summer movie right now. Um, because all the other movies that came out actually came out it's pretty not, summer. Fall. I guess it's not its fault, yeah, right? So how I are you going to blame not. that for being out I when you not. want other things to be out? I just I look at this and I'm just like, okay, what else? What else we got? Like, we're you know, this is this is like I kind of sat there and being like, this is it's like July. There's. Would you have preferred Doctor Strange too? In the same time frame? <sighs> yeah, you would have wanted a, 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 what Avengers four. Well, you would have just said, just bring out Avengers four three months later. Too much work. No, I wouldn't. Hell yeah. I wouldn't have preferred <laughs> Avengers Four. Um, I thought Infinity War came out exactly the right time. I'm actually going back to blaming Deadpool again for 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 jumping the gun. Deadpool was supposed to come out in June. Deadpool was supposed to be, you know, yeah, but they wanted to take that solo money, which and in turn actually backfired for both of them. Um, I don't think Deadpool Two actually made as much. But it hurt money solo as, more than you know. Well, public opinion, it hurt solo more than it hurt Deadpool. But now they're saying that they're not. There might not be a Deadpool Three. So there isn't a Deadpool three. Deadpool three is X Force one. Yeah, yeah, but they'll. Ryan squeeze. Reynolds has already come out and said so. That. I just gonna, I'm, I'm going to interlude for two seconds. My mom just texted me and she's like, "You got to adjust the camera. You see Hassan and some other guy." <laughs> <laughs> I just texted her back. Is that that's our guest? Yeah, that's that's, that's how Steve Hovecki. He's like our guest. Clearly, clearly, she didn't you get can, the intro. You can you can, you can point it directly at him. <laughs> I'm a smile. I'm supposed to. <laughs> we're, we're there's, some, there's some guy sneaking up on her son. Let I him think, know. I think this is just, this is, this is a, a resolution that we're going to have to pop out the third banner and the third camera for, uh, for a third guest. This was, this is our attempt to I get did, it all. But we've established that. We keep establishing that. You hey, just listen, keep I thinking. Now we're in the I new, no, but now we have a new banner and a new studio. But you so. keep thinking you're going to reinvent the wheel and the wheel doesn't get reinvented. <laughs> it's the same two cameras. I using. actually was just being lazy is what it came down I to. I know that. Is, is what I was just trying But to I refrained from accusing you of that. And I also I, didn't want to hear you complaining about, b- about breaking down a third banner. Okay. <laughs> so I wouldn't have because we have interns. This is true. This is true. Oh. Sorry, so, uh, you, I don't. I'm against you, slavery. And if you but, ever want Hassan around and not complain, then that's a whole. Oh, different who's thing. talking? Who's, who's talking? talking? <laughs> Who am I talking to? Very accurate. Okay. Very accurate. All right. Indeed. All right. Okay. You're the one complaining that a movie came out at the wrong time this for is... you to be able to enjoy it, but I'm okay. I'm I'm the bad guy. All right. No, it's very true, actually. No, yeah. I like having it is guests. True. It is I like true. having guests. Usually, I'm the bad guy. I'll be the bad guy at the end when we do spinning the racks because I'm going to make a very unpopular statement. But are you are the bad guy. I was I just accusing you of being the bad guy. Uh, this comes from IndieWire. Ant Man and Wasp is a more modest Marvel. Uh, but it may be the summer's last major opening. It's the first full weekend of July, but it looks like the summer's what? top Skyscraper. openers. 
We'll all have <laughs> The Rock has no legs. You just said it. It's the we'll Rock have, with no legs. We'll all have open Leg. fire Independence Day. The last oh, real okay. shot at another 100 million opening was this weekend's Ant-Man and Wasp, the fourth Marvel release. It ended up with a decent but not spectacular 76 million. That would make it the lowest Marvel opener of the year, the first not to pass 100 million, and a gross below the disappointing start for Solo, a Star Wars story. It's lower than the last 10 Marvel opening weekends. X-Men Apocalypse just over two years ago, the last disappointing result, with good reason. Uh, mm. So is this a problem? Context matters. What's relevant here is this is a sequel to a Marvel sub-franchise. Not that the, not it's a sub, you know, it's just a sub-franchise. Yeah. The first Ant-Man opened mid-July to an adjusted total of $63 million, so this is actually a 20% improvement. Uh-huh. Right. you got to be able to do as math you, to as be you able would to expect. understand whether something is a hit or not. That's just interesting. Our world is numbers, this time. Yeah, and it's and our world is a terrible place because That's, of the numbers. Well, not because of the numbers. <laughs> Mostly because of the numbers. Because, look, a movie comes out and it's a successful movie. It's yeah. the number one movie of the weekend. Mm-hmm. When someone's going to write a, a dipshit article about why <laughs> that number one movie of the weekend isn't really a number one and you shouldn't really be celebrating it, what kind of nonsense is that? It's because they want people to click on it. Of course. And that's why we live in a terrible world. <laughs> See, I could, I could have written an article about how un- incredibly amazing Solo was, and I would have gotten a lot of clicks because people yeah, yeah, because wouldn't people have believed wanted. it. And yeah. we, and you know what I find why. most interesting about that night, and, and I'm sure you guys have beaten the, uh, the Solo I liked Solo. To death. No, we liked um, it. I, I, I think it's hysterical that The Last Jedi came out and made one point over a billion dollars, and everyone seems to mostly have hated it. Right. Yet Solo comes out, and... Most everyone I know who's seen the film enjoyed really it. enjoyed it. Enjoyed it, at yeah. least to the to the extent of they didn't want to kill themselves or someone else afterwards. But it's the diminishing returns and, effect, right? People people are claiming I, responsibility for Solo not doing well. I know they are. People actually, I don't believe boycotted it, it and then apologized to Ron Howard, uh, and they're like, "We're really sorry. We tanked your movie." <laughs> and people are actually because online they doing think it. that they're the reason that the movie tanked. You know, you know what? Listen, these are the same people who think they have this overinflated sense of themselves who feel that they're the ones who are going to sink, make or break a movie because they didn't go. I don't know. I mean, is there some... I is there sort of some, agree with that, though. Because I'm, I'm sort of sick of the toxicity sure. of these, like, nitwits who are constantly like, <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to destroy... We're going to destroy movie them, right. and we're going to destroy episode nine. Like, right. no, you're not. It's we're going to wreck your perfect it's, score Episode nine is not going to make what... The, the Force Awakens made, but it's going to be another billion dollar I mean, what movie. if it's really good? Well, of course it is. It's going to, then it's definitely going to be another million dollar, mo- I, billion I think, dollar movie. I think there is definitely something to the fact that if people in mass get together and decide that they're not going to support something, then, then it's going to not But there's be... too many contributing factors to Solo I, not doing I, I well. That works, with, to, that works you. with ants and bees too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree in that in that in that regard as well too. Um, all right, real quick before we go to commercial break, um, what was your favorite part of Ant Man and Wasp? What component to it was your favorite part? It could be a scene. It could be a. It could be a character. It could know. be. It wasn't one of those movies where there was like, oh, that's a new, that's a really great scene. Or that's yeah. a really great scene. I, I I thought, I thought overall it was a pretty solid story. It was a good continuation. If you were slightly interested in what happened after the end of the yeah. you know, of the first movie. I thought his, the scenes with him and his daughter were really, yeah. like, really sweet. And um, Walton Goggins is always... Brilliant. Very, very, always he's very good as, that, as he's, that guy. He's just a brilliant bad guy. Yeah. You know, he's a bad guy that you like. It's yeah. just this weird thing where, you know, he can't be... He can never be too despicable. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, gonna, if a movie has Walton Goggins in it, it's going to be a good movie. When we come back... Tomb Raider. When we come back, I'm going to tell you... It's an outlier. <laughs> what the best part of the movie was and simultaneously what contributed to the worst part of the film when we come back. We're going to keep it superficial. Just a brass tack. We are very superficial people yes. in general. Well, so we're going to stick to... Well, I'm a very superficial person. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm a book by the cover <laughs> kind of I'm person. a great guy. I'm not superficial <laughs> at all. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture. Uh, I'm Mike Dolce, alongside my co-host, Asan Godwin. Who's not uh, on camera. We also have... No, you're there. You're oh, there. darn it. Uh, you're definitely there. Uh, we also have Steve Hovecki, currently at Mezco Toys, going to be in San Diego. He's a producer. Um, producer, Steve I, I'm getting there. I'm Mr. Getting there. Hovecki. I want to uh, say Secrets of the Sires brought to you by all our beloved patrons. We have dedicated fans. Einar Peterson, me. Matt Fire, Ashley Haikai. Not her name. Our program director, Stephanie Dolce. Oh, we want to we say congratulations to Ashley. She's just had a daughter. Did you get her name right? No, I For purposely get it wrong. Well, Ashley is the daughter. <laughs> <laughs> our executive producers, Brian Phillips, Christina Gillen, and Steve Ovecki. And we have our Uber fan, Christina Dolce, who's, who's awesome. Fixed. So uh, go to <laughs> patreon.com slash secrets of the sire. It will actually, uh, we'll give you behind the scenes of the show. We'll give you behind the scenes show outline. And then also I have all <laughs> these. Behind the scenes of us bickering. Yeah, us, but, yeah essentially, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, also some insight into comics making. Um, give you a lot of before layouts of mainstream, uh, some script pages, some tips of the week, some mark, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff on that Patreon page, so go check it out, and it's awesome. All right, we were talking about Ant-Man and Wasp, um, really just kind of talking about, uh, you know, for me, I'm just, I'm just kind of like, you were it's, it's okay. Your favorite. I am going to Yeah, we get that. We got like, it's okay. I'm not like, I'm not like in love with okay it. Okay compared to what? Uh, just any summer movie. I think the time frame of it, I think if, if. Any if it came movie. out so when any the other movie time, comes out, so you're saying it's not as good as Jaws, yes, <laughs> or so, Jurassic okay. World. So or, when the movie comes out, dictates how Jurassic good World, the movie Fallen is. Kingdom. I think there is an, a distinct. And I didn't see that one yet. I think there's a distinctive um, anticipation to a summer movie versus a movie that comes out in February. That's headcanon. That's all headcanon. I don't was think a movie, it is. Though. Was a movie a good movie? Or was what's, it a bad what's movie? What's a headcanon? It's his own story. I don't it's his think canon. it's. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it was a good movie though either. I kind of like just sat through it. But you're judging it. You're judging the quality of the movie on the on the season. I'm judging it against which it several factors, so which, which you're only naming one. So I can only I can only critique the one. I also naming. mentioned I thought it was a little. They tried a little too hard for comedy, and that actually well, that's is a good a, that's a valid. segue into what I thought was the best part of the movie. The best part of the movie I thought was Ghost. I actually liked her story. I liked when it got a little. A little heavier, a little darker, and but they consistently had to pull it back out because no, this is this is Marvel's comedy. Yeah, they call that uh, what is that called? A bathos. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. So to me, she was the Invented best part. By Joss Whedon. Right. She was the best part, and she was also simultaneously the reason it was not as good because you know every time you would get a foot into something that was like, oh, ooh, you know, Shield used her as a weapon. That's that's kind of interesting. Well, that's, and that's and a, look, she can't get into this. Like that was like wow, this is really that's a valid critique, right? I know. It's about time though. It took, <laughs> I know. It took a while. Like I, I, I wanted to let you speak. Shouldn't it come out in a Friday? You know, that's a bad. <laughs> that's a bad critique for a movie. I guess so. Yes, yeah. it is. Just Only Wednesday releases. I guess so. All Just right. accept if it. If it's a summer film, it should come out on a Wednesday, like a real summer film. The thing, <laughs> what I can say is, we're we're actually talking about this movie from a distance. Why don't we welcome on our first guest, Leisha Davis? who was a stunt driver on the film. Leisha, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Oh, it's very good to have you. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to, uh, glad to have you on there. We're actually going to show off some photos she sent me from the set, which she was allowed to show, right? You were allowed, I'm allowed to show this, or should I click this off really really? Yeah, fast? Yeah, I only sent you the ones that were not covered on the non-disclosure agreement. Excellent. <laughs> good time Excellent. to check. Excellent. Great time to check, though. So, so here's the well funny done. part. Well, she sent it to me, and she said she could use it, but, you know, still. So one of the cool things in the shots that she has, and, and I looked at it when she sent it to me before I saw the movie, was the Hot Wheels car. Mm. Um, so you actually have a photo from behind the scenes of the Hot Wheels car. Why don't, you, why don't you take our audience through you know, what your role as a driver on the film was. There was lots of car chases, so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of hear this story. So the, my part in the driving was actually very small. I did what's called precision driving. Basically, I know how not to hit people ah. and put my car where they want it every single time. <laughs> you're, 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 the, you're the notice under every car commercial that says, professional driver, do not attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm weaving my way through a crowd of people, and I know how not to hit them. That's good. <laughs> but that's, look, that, you, you diminish that role. Hmm, see, diminish, Ant-Man, very nice. <laughs> but to me, that's actually pretty like difficult. Like, how did you get Welcome into this? My will. <laughs> how did you but get into this? But then he points this? it out and ruins it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Well, I actually got into it in a very weird roundabout way. Uh, I'm told that I came through the business backwards. So you're uh, my first job completely in the industry is a precision stunt person on The Matrix 2. Wow. It was my wow. first okay. job. <laughs> Highway scene? Somehow my name got passed that I was really good with a car and they needed a lot of really good drivers because um, we built that the set highway. from scratch and all of those stunts are live. We really destroyed all those cars. <laughs> this, is, this is the highway scene from The Matrix, right? The famous... Yes. Okay. Yeah, that 17-minute chase scene where Trinity's on the bike with the key master and... That's okay. so freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted her to tell us the, the setting. Yeah, like, I mean, that's so cool. So, all right, so continue. And that was your first job. Yeah. That was my first she, job. She, she, like, they called me up and they're like, hey, we got your name. We heard you're really good with a car. Uh, do you want to work on the Matrix? And I'm like, one. yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just happened to be on the Matrix. Yeah, that's not just, a real question. <laughs> the greatest action yeah. sci-fi films of all time. The greatest action scene in one of the greatest yeah, action yeah. sci-fis yeah. of all time. I yeah. just happened to, whoops, <laughs> oh, look, I'm in the Matrix. I just got yeah. a, a speeding ticket dismissed, and oh. I'm really excited. It's <laughs> the greatest thing ever, it right? Is up there as one oh, of the greatest well, things we ever. We filmed it so long, it was three and a half months for that 17-minute scene. Three and a half months, nice. Monday through Friday. I got weekends off. It was kind of a really interesting shoot. Um, we were there all day in the middle of the San Francisco Bay filming this. It was a fake set that they totally built. That's how we were able to you know, film for so long instead of wow. getting permits to shut down an actual freeway. <laughs> they were never going to let us do that. <laughs> so they just built it. It was a mile and an eighth S curve with working off ramps and overpasses. And I have pictures from that set, but they're buried in a box from a few of my moves. You can't you know, have those. Before cell phones actually took photos. <laughs> wow. No, that, I mean, that's just, I mean, it's so, ah, that's, that's pretty, look, it's pretty awesome. Like one of the things that I was doing, um, while waiting for the end credit scenes, because that's what we do, is like it's like trying to find your name there. Now, I mean, how cool is it to see like your name up on a big screen like that? I mean, that's got to be that's got to be. Pretty... Well, I actually don't think I got my name no! in this one. I'm still that's working it. my way Boycott back. Boycott Marvel. <laughs> Boycott Marvel. Um, I did find out accidentally the other day that my name got in the credits of a random movie from 2008 that I had no idea that I got a credit for. <laughs> Oh. Someone pointed it out to me. I'm like, what do you mean my name is in the credits? They're like, yeah, go look at this movie. I'm like, which movie? What movie was that? You did work on it. Go look, oh. there's my name. Yeah. <laughs> is it a movie you worked on? It's just someone random. I did. Are they just inserting your name into random credits? Or? No, I did. And it's, it's funny. That movie is kind of a full circle in itself. I was so angry. I, it's the only movie I've ever worked on where I left angry. From filming, I was so annoyed. And then drove home. At the director. <laughs> she drove and angry. I wasn't the only one. I've never seen a director of photography about ready to deck out a director. Wow! And clearly, you've been working in Hollywood long. Yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. movie. I was in between other bookings. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll pretend to be a traveler at the at SFO, and I'll just wheel a bag around all day and get paid. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> Ended up being one of the longest shoot days I've ever been on, and you're just wow. so frustrated you have the whole time. To tell us which movie and I was venting to a friend driving home, hands free, obviously. Of course. <laughs> I'm complaining about him and how the, probably the reason he never has a movie except every four years is because it takes him forever to do a two minute scene. So she looked him up on IMDb. And she says, you know, you're right. The timing between all of his movies is like four years. And so then she goes, you know, you're on here. And I'm like, what do you wow. mean I'm on here? What am, I'm on where? I'm on the freeway. That's where I'm at. And she goes, no, you're on the website. I'm like, I don't have an IMDb page. She goes, yes, you do. Uh, wow. And I was like, I found out complete accident that I have an IMDb page. See? Do you, do you know you actually work in Hollywood? Years later that it's the same movie that I didn't even know I had a credit in. <laughs> So behind the scenes of Ant Man, um, you got to you got to be a precision driver. There's a lot. Of, there's I mean just epic car chase scene toward the end. So you got to be a part of that. I saw some of the you know some of the shots we're showing uh, has the bay in it and has uh, you know has the area with, with the uh, with the ferry and, and the Hot Wheels car that's up there and uh, you know like 
do you ever? I mean, what what kind of interaction did you have with the cast and crew, or was it was it all business? And then, you know, do you ever just kind of sit back and kind of take it all in and kind of be like, this is pretty darn cool? Oh yeah, most of the time I'm sitting back going, I'm getting paid to do this. This is awesome. <laughs> um, some sets I get to hang out with the cast. Other sets you don't. I have to say, this is the this was the first Marvel one I've worked on. And it is the most streamlined production I've ever worked on. It's like there were no uh, hour-long gaps between camera changes. You know, they, they had everything so dialed in mm-hmm. that we did so many different scenes and camera angles so fast that you really didn't have a break to do anything. But it was so fascinating to watch them set up and break down and move the camera here and there. Um, the big thing that was super fun was the tidal waves that we actually get hit oh, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it was like so fast in the movie. I was bummed because that was the funnest part to film, in my opinion. Got hit with an actual tidal wave. <laughs> oh, so you're in the crowd when you're getting hit. Yes, I am one of the ones getting hit with the waves. And we re- that's live. They did not CG that. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we screwed up the first take a little bit because apparently they had the power to the air compressor uh, too high. So I felt the whoosh of air. I blinked. I opened my eyes. There's a wall of white. And I'm like, oh, crap. And the next thing I know, I'm being forced to the ground. And the water finally stops falling. I look around. I'm one of the only ones still sort of on my feet. Everyone else is literally flattened on Pier 39. (laughs) And then we all kind of chuckle and look around and they're like, oh, wait, we're supposed to run away scared. And then we just like delay reaction, get up and run away. (laughs) The director is kind of trying not to laugh while he says cut and reset. And he goes, we're going to try this one more time, but remember you're supposed to be scared. (laughs) 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 But he did say, but we do have some genuine crap faces in that first day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it like watching the movie after the fact? Um, uh, between me trying to spot myself and then getting distracted because <laughs> I'm actually watching the movie. So it's like, I, I was like, I want to find myself, but I actually am enjoying the movie. <laughs> so I need to wait for it to come back out on DVD and stuff so I can actually go and look for myself. I did pop up a few times. and like, I didn't even know I was in this shot. <laughs> You'll know like, oh, she does there say, I am. <laughs> she does say DVD. She doesn't say she's going to go see it again. And no, yeah. <laughs> oh, gonna no I'm going to go see it again, but wow. it's so fast. I need to pause. And the theater doesn't let me pause very well. <laughs> Uh, real quick, um, you had you had uh, you were a springboard. Um, uh, let me let me get the exact phrase correct. You a springboard <laughs> diving team, and you had an accident. What I mean, what was the accident like, and, and how did you know how did you end up recovering to be still become a stunt uh, stunt driver? Uh, well, before the accident, you know, I'd been wanting to do full on stunts, and and cracking the stunt world is probably harder than becoming an A list actress. It really is. Uh, it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, still working on it myself. <laughs> but uh, so before, you know, some of my talents are I'm really good, I was really good with my body position in the air. That's where diving was really good. I knew where I was in the air, so I knew how many more rotations I could do before hitting the water. So I really liked doing falls, and I wanted to do fall stunts. So I was on the diving team and having lots of fun and something went wrong during practice on a dive I've done for 15 years. That is probably one of my most high pointed dives. It was like physics and gravity failed at the same time. So I did the dive completely above the board, didn't move forward or back. I just came right back down head first on the board. Holy crap. And how long were you out? How long were you out for? Um, I never lost. I lost consciousness for a fraction of a second because I remember seeing the board going, that shouldn't be there. And the next thing I know, I'm opening my eyes under the water and I can't move my arms. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, you know, panic starts to set in and I'm like, it's okay. Just hold your breath. 
someone will come and get you. <laughs> and and the weird thing is, like, you know, I do stunts. I love movies. And I'm addicted to movies and television my entire life. And all these people have jumped in the water, and I can see them coming from different angles depending on how they came, you know, jumped in the pool. And the first thing that comes to my mind is this is a really good vantage point for a Bond movie. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you hit your head and you start thinking the weirdest things. <laughs> I'm just like, this would be really cool in a movie. Here. <laughs> so they get me out of the water. I can't move my arms or legs. I am feeling phantom legs because I was convinced my legs were floating in the water. But that's not possible because I was on the deck and the water is about two feet below the deck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is the weirdest feeling. So arms and legs you, that aren't there. You go through this experience, and though. You recover <laughs> I from I never it. lost consciousness. They, oh, my gosh. They still couldn't figure out how I was talking. Uh, the look on my teammates' faces when they got me to the surface of the water, I mean, told me it was worse than I thought. Because I swear one of my teammates, Morgan, looked at me like, oh, crap, the dead thing is talking to me. <laughs> you go through this experience. You recover. What makes you end up going back into like the stunt world like aren't you terrified to do this um my family's terrified actually they're more terrified of me near a pool which is weird because they're okay with me riding my horses wow i don't understand why that's different than a diving board it's a 1200 pound animal with a brain who wow. might decide i don't really feel like doing what you want wow. two words for you christopher reeve oh, <laughs> oh my gosh I actually I was told that the broken neck version I had is what he had. Wow. I actually had two versions. I had one that he had, and I had a second fracture. So I had teardrop and the hangman's fracture at the same time. Wow. So I cracked C2, and I shattered C3, and that went through my spinal cord. Holy cow. Well, Alicia, we are really happy to hear you're okay. <laughs> we are happy to see you uh, or try to see you in, uh, in Ant-Man and Wasp. I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, today. And, uh, you know, keep, keep us posted on the next, uh, you know, comic book-related film you're on, and uh, we'd love to have you on again. Even if it's not comic book related. Yeah, even if it's not. <laughs> we're fascinated. When we come well, back... Well, there is some stuff filming here now, and we're waiting to hear if we're getting the remake of uh, Big Trouble in Little China. That, we're very we'll take conflicted it. on this. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be talking with Joseph Rybant from Dynamite. Find us on Facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Go look at our videos. Go to YouTube slash Secrets of the Sire. Download our podcast on iTunes. You know, all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can hear our opinions about Last Jedi and the newer Star Wars. Right. Or In don't. In this particular which case. might make you feel better, depending on your feelings why? of The Last Jedi. Reverse psychology. <laughs> well done. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. I want to remind folks, uh, go check out The Mainstream. Uh, it's the new series that I got out with Zenoscope. Shameless. Well, it's shameless, and it's a shameless plug, but it's a really it's getting very good reviews. We sold out issue one. Talent Caldwell, Tony Moy, Darren Sanchez, and myself. I resent you using my time to plug you. <laughs> well, that's, what, that's all I do. That's all <laughs> yes, I do. Just use up my time. It's also a good segue because we've got a great comic book guest coming I up. Know. Right now, we've got uh, Mr. Mr. Joe Arribant from Dynamite. Mr. Joe, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very, very good. Uh, we've got San Diego Comic-Con coming up next week. It's the biggest show, right? still the oh, biggest yeah, show of all, of, of, of all time. Still, now Steve Ovecki is shaking his head. No. Saying no. Um, what's it's bigger what? than New a parking York, ticket? New York, gives it, New York gives it a run for its money these days. Is Steve there? I didn't realize Steve was there. Hey, Steve. What's going on, Joe? You know, he, he snuck in. We, we left the door open, and, and he just, yeah. like, appeared. And he's like, yeah. oh, man. Can't really tell this like, guy to leave. I guess we got... Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's bigger than he's all of us, even his son. <laughs> Joe knows. He's, he's, a, he's a big guy. He'd be hard to get out of there without yeah. a problem. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, See you in a week, pal. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. All of us. What's the what's the level of preparation for San Diego um, that that dynamite kind of goes through? Um, is it do, the, do you treat it any different um, just because of, of the you know enormity of the size? Well, Mike, when I sent you my bio. In there, it says executive editor, mm-hmm. and what that means is I worry very little about it. Atta boy. There's, there's other people that do, you know, the hard work. Um, I, I've also, in the last several years, adopted a more laissez-faire attitude towards San Diego because it's such a, um, a, a large travel endeavor. Um, I've taken every other year off, so last year I didn't go. Um, this year I am going, um, and I made the mistake of taking a vacation last week, uh, personal time, and then, uh, you know, catch up this week and then San Diego next week. So I don't know if this was all the biggest, uh, the brightest plan, but um, I know that a lot of people in the office are scrambling, and we're not actually set up at San Diego, which actually makes it a lot easier that in is a lot easier. of senses. But, um, there's still a lot of stuff that we do for San Diego besides actually going. And one of the things that we do is we release a bunch of information into the news cycle, like right before the show. Mm-hmm. So while everyone else is making their news during the show and everyone's attending panels and reporting on those panels and doing all that stuff, right before the show, kind of the calm before the storm, there's a whole bunch of dynamite news that, that comes out. And we do this with pretty much every major show because we don't exhibit at a lot of shows. And that's mostly because of the size of the company because we're kind of small in terms of sending people and doing all that booth and all that other stuff. Give, a, give our audience an overview of Dynamite. Um, you guys cover more than just comics, obviously, but, but give, us, you know, give us the Dynamite comics. You know, what, what are the titles that people are looking for and, and, and when, they're in the, when they're on the comic racks? Like, you know, what are they seeing from Dynamite Entertainment? Yeah, I, I think a lot of the stuff that we're known for is a lot of licensed books. Um, and I'd say right now... Uh, James Bond, um, probably one of the biggest licenses that we have. Um, that's a recent thing, recent thing in the last couple of years. But uh, we've been publishing, publishing Army of Darkness for a good long while. We've been publishing Redstonia for a good long while. Vampirella, uh, Battlestar Galactica, Bionic Man. Um, licenses come in and out. But um, a lot of the stuff, like I mentioned, like Army of Darkness and Bond and Redstonia, we've had for a good long while and we'll have for a good long while. Um, and in the last couple of years, uh, we've always been a fairly diverse company in terms of not just producing comics, but I would say in the last couple of years, we've really stepped up our game into producing uh, uh, art books, history books. Um, we did The Art of Atari, which was one of our biggest sellers a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. We've done The Art of Street Fighter. Um, you know, a whole bunch of stuff like that that it kind of fits within the pop culture space, but isn't necessarily, you know, what you think of when you think of comic books. Yeah. Um, and then merchandise. Um, we uh, control the rights to a lot of things that we publish in terms of being able to make uh, statues or toys or games or all that other kind of a firma that also goes with all the, uh, the pop culture stuff that you see in, you know, the bigger comic book shops. When you're working on a licensed product, I mean, how much leeway do you get with the characters I mean you guys have done some charm stuff uh, you got the new Bond stuff is coming out new James Bond stuff I mean you know I know Dark Horse you know works with Buffy and, and in, in some capacity they weren't allowed to do much with the canon and then when the show ended they're like oh you can do whatever you kind of want to I mean is there is there that kind of flexibility with the licensed products that you're working on yeah there's no there's no hard and fast rule um you know, I would say something like, something that we've had for a long while, like Red Sonia, we have a very good relationship with the rights holder, and the rights holder is not, a, excuse me, a big giant media corporation. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, so there's there's different ways of dealing with individuals as opposed to corporations. Corporations could be great, or they can be, you know, um, uh, problematic in the sense of what they will let you do. And, and sometimes, with, with, with the example that you mentioned, I think the closest thing we had to that was working with Battlestar Galactica, when the Ron Moore version was on, Ron was very protective of his show, rightly so. And I think it's similar to what you're saying about Buffy, Josh Whedon being very protective of his show, and the corporation that licenses out allowing that protection to carry forward. So you just have to find ways of working within that. And those ways can be done. We've done it. Um, I would say one of our most challenging licenses, just because there's a tremendous amount of expectations, that it's one of the probably the top two media brands in the world, if not B, which, which would be James Bond, is while we don't have to interact with the movie side of things, sure. we interact with the, the literary side, the family side, the people that own James Bond, 
Um, they're very protective of James Bond, rightly so. And <laughs> it's not just being protective of the legacy of the of the literary brand, but it's all that's involved with the literary brand that translates to the movie brand, you know. Um, so uh, I'd say that that's probably one of our most most challenging licenses. Sure. We've got a project. We've got a project coming out this fall, which details for the first time the origin of James Bond, but we'll see the, the set in the time period of the original books, which first takes place during World War II, his origin. And this project has been in development with no exaggeration for oh, well over a year, might even be two. I wow. tend to, I tend to, I tend to blank when it goes beyond a year. So, <laughs> um, and, and that's just been about getting it right, you know, and yeah. it's been about building it up, having enough material that everybody's comfortable with. There's a whole group of people sitting over in a beautifully ornate boardroom in London um, <laughs> that take a look at all of this stuff and say, you know, what are these Americans doing to our character? Um, and they say yay or nay, basically. Well, as long as you don't cross over Vampirella, you should be okay, right? <laughs> well, hey, you know what? I wouldn't put it past Nick to try. So, uh, but, but, but uh, definitely not to, uh, until the tail end of the license. So. So talk to us real quick uh, before we go to commercial. Vampirella is celebrating her 50th anniversary. Uh, it's a controversial figure right now, um, just basically based, you know, thanks to the times that we kind of live in. Um, sure. Steve's kind of laughing at that, but I, I look, it is. It's a, it's a controversial. I, Anything where... I'm laughing because it's painfully true. Oh, okay, good. He's okay, good. He's laughing because it's painfully true. See, I like I like when he validates my questions. No, but so how do you? He how do you actually? He just said it was true. I know, I know. <laughs> how do you balance? You know, um, what society's expectations of female characters are today versus what the character was, and how do you do something that's still pure to the character? You know, I, I you're you're right in that it, it, it's growing more and more challenging. I think, and also we we dealt with this in particular with Red Sonia as well, but. When we did Red Sonia, you know, Gail wrote over two years worth of Red Sonia stories with, you know, Red Sonia in her original costume. Mm -hmm. um, Nancy, Col Nancy Collins wrote about two years worth of stories with Zamparella in her original costume. Um, we've got a female writer, um, Christina Deke Linzer, um, who's doing the miniseries right now in the original costume. She loves the original costume, you know. Um, I, I think it's, you know, it's... <laughs> I, I, because I'm old enough, I go back to something like, you know, Spinal Tap, and I go, you know, what's wrong with being sexy? And it's like, it's, no, no, it's not bad. It's don't be sexist. You know, don't, don't, be, <laughs> don't, be, uh, don't be so gratuitous about things. And that is a fine line, for sure. Yeah. Um, but we have tried different things with those characters. We've tried changing costumes. We've tried doing all sorts of different things. And the audience has told us that they don't want it. Right. You know, um, and, and the flip side is, is that someone will say, well, but I'm an audience and I do want it. Well, you know, uh, ultimately it, it comes down to who's buying. And yeah. we're not trying to pander and we're not trying to cater, but we're just trying to present the character in its most pure form without being gratuitous and with telling good stories. At the end of the day, both those characters have been badasses for a really long time. So, yeah. Yeah. So that really that's the long and short I, I of think, it. And, and I think Gail's attitude and I think... Um, Nancy's attitude and all the other writers that have worked on it. It's lean into it, you know. It's it's don't don't ignore it. Don't don't say you're wrong to have that opinion. I would never tell anyone that. But it's lean into it and say, listen, if it's not for you, it's not for you. You know, yeah. um, nobody's making you. Uh, we're just here trying to tell good stories. And these characters, Emperor has been around for fifty years. That's right. There are you know, plenty of other comic books out there for with fully clothed badasses. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not that there can't be changes here and there, but I think it's just about telling the right story. Well, Joe, thank you so much for, for hopping on. Uh, tell everyone uh, where they can find you guys online and, um, and, and you know, where you'll be hopping around in San Diego. Yeah, we have three panels in San Diego. You can check the various news sites for where that is. I don't have the, the room listings in front of me. But mm -hmm. DynamiteEntertainment.com um, and also on Twitter. Uh, Dynamite Comics uh, on Twitter. All, all of everything we'll be doing will be posted in both of those places. Awesome. Joe, thank you so much. When we come back, we go spinning the racks. Our interns, mm -hmm. who were like tiny, tiny mm -hmm. kids mm -hmm. when, that, when this movie came out. And, but now no. and now they're adults. Imagine that. I know. Well, Imagine I would not that. call our interns adults. They are... They're, they're getting... I treat them like adults, unlike you. You just don't talk you to them. <laughs> That's how I treat uh, them like adults. The secrets of the sun. 
welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We took a week off because it was July 4th last week. Yeah, so not every Wednesday. And so, so we, you were lying. we super compensated <laughs> today. Most, most Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. we, we had Leisha Davis, stunt driver, on. We had Joe Ryben from, uh, from Dynamite Entertainment on. Damn. We got Steve Ovecki in studio. In studio. I mean, it's just, it's just jam-packed. This, this is what we do here. It's magical. But he wanted to yeah. see what he was paying for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. He wanted to see where his money's going. <laughs> Um, Reminder so to myself: <laughs> Stop cut Patreon salary payment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're out of here. Uh, <laughs> so Joe actually is going to help us out because next week we are kicking off um, our our big San Diego Comic Con preview, Diego. Uh, which I'll be there on Thursday. I'll be doing a signing. Bing. vagina. On, yeah. <laughs> Bing. Um, <laughs> I'll be doing a signing at Zenoscope booth on that Saturday, so check it out. Plug, I'll be floating plug, around plug, a whole bunch of things. Plug. That's right. This is shameless plug. Steve, do you got things to plug? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> oh, you got OBS? Yes. Whatever that is, plug uh, that up. Don't so, let that I mean, open. Other than my day job and my... They work with Mezco my, Toys. My side business. It's yeah. good stuff, right? You got the art book out with Hassan's artwork in. Publishing company. Only yeah. one. Only just uh, well, well, with just my artwork. He's yeah. got art books. Well, you know, I tried to get you in the second one, but someone decided they never wanted to respond to email. No, no, and that's, then, that's then not quite didn't. how that happened. Oh no, no, oh, okay, no. All right. We we talked about that too. You already berated me, and now you're now you're doing it publicly. That, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts my feelings. <laughs> We do this every week. <laughs> Don't spin the racks. It's we a, go Don't spin the racks. Spinning the racks. Don't spin the racks. Spin the racks. Spin the racks. Is that you? The most fantastic old pop no, that is not me. Is that him? That is that's somebody him. else. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> I, I'm glad you listen to the show that you support. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part about it. We do this every week. Like, literally. Not every week. We were in here last we week. we do spin the racks. We went out here last Every week. week. You know, minus last we week. We discussed this earlier. There is just so much stuff out there oh. to watch oh, and listen the old, to. The old, there's too much content for me. There is too much here. content. Oh, man. That old chestnut. All right. I'm going to be the bad guy here. Here we but go. But I, I picked You're an article. You're always the bad guy. I, I picked an article. I am. I know. Don't read this I article. I picked an article that... <laughs> Whatever this is, immediately made me roll my eyes, but not necessarily for the reason. Margot Robbie is looking to cast diverse Birds of Prey leads. Confirms Harley Quinn will have a new costume. It's from Yahoo uh, Entertainment News. Margot Robbie worked hard to get Kathy Yen as director of Birds of Prey, which marked the first time a non-white female fi- filmmaker had been hired to direct a DC movie. Now Harley Quinn actress is confirmed to Yahoo Movies during an interview. She'll be putting just as much effort into ensuring her co-leads are just as diverse. Yep. Yes, exactly. Real life isn't one specific image. We've got to reflect that on screen. I'm a big football fan. Big, huge NFL fan. And uh, they actually, in all sports, they give media packets out to the players. And they say, this is what you have to say and this is what you have to read. And I feel like all these people, J.J. Abrams says the same thing. Like, all these people are kind of going out there. Let me separate, let me separate the two things, right? Diversity is a good thing. Diversity is it makes stories better. Diverse characters are interesting. But in order to sell a movie these days, I feel like you have to get out there now and read this company line and it just made me roll my eyes. Am I am I off base? Am I am I the bad guy now for, for thinking that? Yes. What do you think of Sam Jackson as Nick Fury? I love that. Okay. I love that. Alright. I think I'm I think just saying. because that has roots in the Ultimate Universe. It, okay, it, it, it works. It, it absolutely works for me. And we we've talked about this before too. Here's here's the problem. As opposed to what? You know? As opposed to marketing the movie. Like, we have great characters. Or as opposed to casting them more like the images that we've all seen for years. Which would mean? That, which is fine, too, if but they want to do that. But what would, would that mean? mean? It would mean three white chicks. Okay. It's, you know, well, you'd have Poison Ivy, you'd have Black Canary, and you'd have... Who's the other one in Birds of Prey? Oh, see, Black Canary is an obvious choice to make. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> well, but that's, that's the question, right? <laughs> But that's the question, right? <laughs> right? I mean, do you then do, like, the Mary Jane swap in Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Which, to me, all these movies, I have no problem with that because I feel like these movies are ultimate I universe. I never understand that. I have no problem with it, but I have a problem with it. I have no, no. <laughs> I, have a problem with, I have a problem with having to go up on, in, in all your pre-interviews, and market the fact that you're you doing this. You just marketed um, mainstream. Yeah, but I don't, I don't do it as, like, we have an ethnically diverse cast, which but they you... do, by the way. Everyone, the female lead is fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Um, the, exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly my book. Go out and buy my book because it's ethnically did, diverse. But that's middle, essentially but what you you're did doing. But you did in the middle of the show. I you were talking about the room. So. You yeah, did yeah. it in the middle of the show take time out to plug something that was specifically market, marketable only to whatever your agenda was. Right? 
So you did take Showtime mm-hmm. to market your comic book, which technically has nothing to do with the show. Oh, it has everything to do with the show. That has nothing to do with of the show. Of course it is. I, people, people tune in for my expertise. And how do I have expertise? Because I'm a working comic book professional. Mike, you I know just, what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're just pretending not to know what I'm talking about. I would like to insert one thing here, and that is... Uh, <laughs> not when, OBS. When I saw this story on uh, another website... Uh, I had a very similar reaction to you. Right. I read the story. I read the headline. I actually didn't even click on the story to read it. Uh, I read it and I just thought, okay, but why do we need to broadcast that? Why don't you just do it? And here's the funnier thing, too, because we, uh, the movie Annihilation, right, mm-hmm. was one of the first movies to star four uh, female leads in what would typically be male action roles. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I read all the, the press, pre-press to it. Read the book? I didn't read the book, but I okay. read all the pre-press course, to it. Of course, he didn't read. The and um, no, no. But the director was like, "I don't." He said I'm there's not, a movie. Why do we? Need I'm to not read a here. Book? Well, we're a comic book movie podcast. Um, <laughs> no, not. I'm not. The director said literally, he's like, "I'm not here to tout the fact that it's that it's groundbreaking for this reason. We cast really great actresses. They're really great characters. And you know what happened? That movie tanked." At the box office. Yeah, but I don't think it tanked because it had an all-female cast. No, no. I think it. I think. I think part of the contribution for why it tanked is it didn't and jump I, on this bandwagon and, and, and of marketing. Is, and, and, and I and I don't necessarily like the idea that if a movie doesn't make a hundred million dollars, right, it tanked. It, well, as long as it fails, and to I understand why people say that, and yeah. I, I get it. It's, it's because Xerox. It's the same kind of thing. Oh, the movie didn't. The movie didn't make a hundred million dollars. It tanked. But. Right. A movie doesn't have to necessarily make $100 million. No, it has to meet expectations and or exceed I mean, the budget. Look at World of Warcraft. Right. That's like the biggest herd in the universe, and it made $12 billion in China. Right. And, actually, and, and And it was highly profitable, actually, at the end of the day. When it made, what, nothing, six, next to $60 million dollars here? Next to nothing On here. a $250 million budget? It's arguable that the movie succeeds in just existing. Because it's so hard to get. That's very true. Exactly. So now you have annihilation whenever you want it, regardless of how well it did in the box office. Sure. So, you so, know. So take that. Actually, yes. actually, you have a great film whenever you want it. Oh well, I man, that's all right. We're gonna squeeze this in really, really fast because it's, it's a fun story. Here's the thing: is yeah. marketing. I know. It's not the I know. Films. No, so I know. The films I know. Get, just like some jerks blame movies for the seasons that they come out in. <laughs> you know, you can't. You I can't. I'm the bad guy. You can't judge on that level. You can't judge the product on the level of how it was marketed. I'm going to save my I'm going to save my Thanos story for next week. Uh, how dare next you. week it's our San Diego Comic Con preview episode, Deadpool two extended cut screening, the future of Star Wars. What are the must see panels? We're going to go through everything. Plus, we welcome Netflix storyboard artist and director of the award winning film Red Ruby, Jose Holder, on to talk about the biggest con on the planet. You're in a room with the biggest Thanos fan I that you know. I guarantee it, and you're going to skip the Thanos story till next week. A subreddit dedicated to Thanos is preparing to ban half of its users Brilliant. at random. Brilliant. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. Someone.